Hey guys, it's Pete. Just wanted to let you know that my second book, Frankenstein's Soul's Echo, is now available. It continues the adventure from Frankenstein to Life Beyond, which is a direct sequel to Mary Shelley's classic novel. Both Frankenstein Life Beyond and Frankenstein's Soul's Echo are available as ebooks on Amazon, iBookstore, Barnes and Noble, Cabo, and of course from EnceladusLiterary.com. Thanks. Now on with the show. Welcome to Hindsight is 2020, a show where we look at anything in this world and arrogantly say how we'd fix it. And I can prove it with my usual flawless logic. These two idiots. <laughs> we give our thoughts on movies and TV shows that should or should not have been. Oh, God! No. Oh, no. You've got to be kidding me! This is a joke! No. This is With your host, Pete. Why the fuck? What the fuck was this blue jelly shit all over my shit? Let's go. And Greg. I don't fucking think it's deer, though, man. It sounds exactly like the shit last night. It's on all sides of us. And we slowly and mercilessly beat our subject to death. I just want to apologize to Mike's mom. Josh's mom and my mom. And I'm sorry to everyone. I was very naive. I am so, so sorry. Where is he? Where are you? Come on, Josh! I hear him downstairs! Come on! I hear him downstairs! Come on! Josh! Are we Blair witching ourselves now? We're Blair winching ourselves. Well, heck yeah! Gonna talk about that witch in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> and with my new microphone setting, I'm peaking. I'm really popping. I'm really loud. Really pops. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Really, really pops. that sound. Yeah. It's really, it's really tinning the pops on my cans. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about doing another album. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, what about that boy witch? Did that scare you as much as it scared me? Yeah, all right. <laughs> oh, and then we just go into the old Bill Murray from SNL. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and did the Blair Witch scare you as much as she scared me? <laughs> She's pretty creepy, right? Standing in a corner in a basement. That's kind of weird. So what, next week we get the takedown notice from Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> hey, I just saw Wahlberg. <laughs> I just saw him in a movie today, so there you go. For I'm going to come through the screen. I'm going to kick your ass. So it's... What's going to happen? It's 1999, and we have oh, yet okay. to... It, we, have, <laughs> we have yet to locate <laughs> Heather, Mike, and Josh... As they are lost in the woods near Burkittsville, Maryland, and their footage was found, otherwise known as found footage, footage. If, if you will. Yeah. Well, let's see if we wanted to be, if we wanted to be logical about this and do it with the setup from the Blair Went or Blair Witch Project. Uh, shouldn't it be 2010 from our perspective? <clears throat> what? Well, the movie came out in '99, but the footage was from '94. Yeah. So why would it be 2010? That that don't make no Which sense. Creepy powers that move through time and space, and so you've always got to have a five year difference. So right, we're right. talking about a movie that came out in 1990. I, was... I get that you can do math. I understand <laughs> that portion, <laughs> but we're dealing with facts here, and the facts are that these three people who are don't pay any attention to them being actors or doing the interviews or acting in other things after the movie, but these. 
these three right, people that's, were lost that's in the woods. That I have. I know the whoever. I don't remember like their actual like full names. All right, Heather. I remember showed up in at least one other thing. Um, something like rom-com or something. Oh, I'm certain, and I'm not even gonna bother my yeah, internet machine to look it up. Um, did the other two ever do something? I believe. Josh did something else. Okay. And then as far as Mike, I, he was just too vanilla, bland, nothing to do anything. So I don't I don't think he ever did anything. I could be completely wrong. There's a, all of the world's information at my fingertips, and I'm not going to bother to look it up. Well, could have done some good voiceover work for, like, uh, maps or something like that. That's right, or cursing. The early, the early Garmin's or something. Or cursing God. <laughs> If that, yeah, maybe that was him. That's like the default when like the system crashes on a Garmin. <laughs> Fuck you, you God! God! <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 I really need to know where I'm going. You know what I did with that map? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then if you're lost, going and driving in circles, your GPS just starts to freak out and just starts going. Mah! And <laughs> the most annoying navigation system ever invented. <laughs> the Blair Witch navigation the Blair system. Witch navigation. You will go and end with circles and never get to where you have to go. They're like, well, it's real cheap to produce. We don't have to program anything into it except for these voices. <laughs> Which all we do is just take from the footage from the DVD. It's, it's not even it have to be hooked up to any kind of uh, synchronous orbit satellite or anything. That's fantastic. So, <laughs> the, the summer of 1999, with the Phantom Menace dominating and the Matrix coming out of nowhere, and Austin Powers shagging. Yeah, Austin Powers 2, American Pie, um, others that I know came out that I can't <laughs> remember. I know 99 was a big cinema year. The rest. And the rest, yeah. What does do the Gilligan's Island opening for 1999? Uh-huh. And the rest. Um, Blair Witch. It was a... Phenomenal. I guess, yeah, I guess you very easily call it a phenomenon. Without any hesitation. Was, it was. was this a May-June kind of thing? I feel like this was an early summer... Uh, it was, you know what? We're all this crap. We're just going to have to bring out the internet machine here, unfortunately, because what? There's, it's just, there's just no way around bringing out the internet machine. So, all right. Well, the basic backstory, and you can, since you're going to have the interwebs at your disposal, and I'm apparently, I'm too crazy here to look this stuff up. Uh, these producers. Got a little bit of money, said, hey, let's put together a real easy found footage movie that we can make on the cheap. And they hired a couple of uh, no-name, as far as we know. Well, it was uh, just film school kids, basically. Oh, okay. Was that it? It was film school kids. Uh, and went out into the woods with their equipment and kind of made it up as they went, right? They had kind of a basic outline of what they wanted to do with the story and then... Uh, they were kind of constantly shifting around stuff and going, oh, no, wait, this would be cool, and trying different stuff and giving them, like, notes out in the woods. And it's like, okay, uh, so-and-so, now you're going to disappear, and that'll really freak them out and stuff like that. Am I making all of that up, or does any of that sound familiar? Or, That's or... about as in-depth of the story as they did. I mean, it was I watched the movie with the commentary a long time ago. Eduardo mm-hmm. Sanchez and Daniel Myrick were the guys, and... They established I would lose my life if I had to dredge those <laughs> names up on the spot for some bizarre reason. Hey, I didn't remember the Daniel portion of that four-way fun. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, they bas- they had a very basic outline, and then they'd just go every day and have them hike a certain amount, and then they'd stop, and then they'd go give them notes, and then they'd leave little packages or whatever, and then... You know, they'd watch what was going on, and then they go up to, like, Heather or one of them and say, well, here's the thing. You really have to get this piece of information across, so go back and redo it or, or whatever. But And then by the end of it, they were just giving them, like, a power bar and a bottle of water 
or, you know, something to that effect, just to make the realism of how shaggy and worn out they were. Um, and yes, I, I had a remembrance that it was a late summer thing. And yes, it was July 30th, 1999. Oh, okay. For some reason I had that. Obviously so it was, it was after all the big stuff had hit and it was just one of those late summer things. And mm -hmm. I mean, well, this was this was one of those like early uh, internet web darlings too. Yeah, that, I think the two biggest things that people will ever remember about the Blair Witch Project and going in history is the internet advertising. I mean, it was just so unheard of in '99. There was not a whole lot of. I mean. I, it was it was a I, meme I, before memes began or d existed. It I was got a, up on AOL and yeah, I mean there was like blogs and news sites that were very primitive and basic and but hello GeoCities yeah, but there was no real thing like I mean nothing like we see today. But it was it was the first meme where all of a sudden this thing just started getting passed around of this you know, missing poster that they, they put together with the three actors on there. And obviously no one knew who they were and it said they were missing in 1994 and come see their footage. And so that became so insanely popular of a, like this conspiracy theory, this thing going floating around of, Oh my God, is this real? So yeah, I remember a lot of back and forth with people about whether it was real or not. And by God, that helped their opening weekend because they made like let me see let me let me look at it again. They made on a film cost four thousand dollars and well, I mean that's the thing. It cost them sixty thousand dollars to make this movie. Sixty thousand dollars. It was sold at Sundance. Opening weekend was one point five million dollars. It was on a limited run of screens, and then when it became so insanely popular, it blasted to a bunch of different screens. But the thing is, is it made almost all of its money in, like, August. And it was just strictly word of mouth. Everyone was mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, we got to go see this movie. Have you heard about it? It's unbelievable. And then there were people who were haters who were like, well, eh. But it was just so insanely yeah, popular. The camera works sucks. It's all shaky. But it... By September 1st, people were like, nah, Blair Witch, eh, it was kind of done. That's how quickly it was. Is yep. that it was just like this insane rocket of, oh my God, did you see that movie? It's incredible. Everybody, go, Everyone's talking about it, and we got to go see it. And then a month later, it's like, yeah, no, it was fake, and the kids are alive. And it's... <laughs> Well, if there were actual dead people involved, this movie would hold up, man, but... But I mean, it it earned two hundred and forty million dollars worldwide on a sixty thousand dollar budget, which two hundred and forty two hundred and forty million dollars worldwide. So you yeah, and you adjust that to like today's box office, and you'd be up in the what three hundred and fifty somewhere probably. Yeah, <laughs> so sixty thousand dollars to <laughs> so however much the studio bought paid for that damn movie obviously it made their entire decade because yeah that that's what it's going to be remembered for is it overtook halloween as the most profitable independent movie of all time because up until that point halloween was made for like five hundred thousand dollars and in the original halloween from 78 it ultimately made something like 300 million dollars worldwide or something but when you do the ratio of sixty thousand to 240 that's insane yeah, <laughs> but the other thing it did is it, money. it it kickstarted what we still see <laughs> on occasion, not as much, but we still see on occasion the found footage movie. <laughs> Hello, Paranormal Activity. Yeah, it was really kind of <laughs> the precursor. It was a, this weird, odd granddaddy to uh a whole subgenre of found footage horror movies and then it expanded to found footage everything. Well, and um that more I don't know, documentarian shaky cam look found its way, not that it wasn't turning up in other places other than the Blair Witch, but uh that found its way into so many 
TV shows and movies and everything for, you know, more than a decade to come. Absolutely. And it's st- we still feel it. I mean, yep. Paranormal Activity, Cloverfield, Chronicle, Project X, all these, the Facebook freaking movie from this year. This is an entire genre that was created on the backs of this movie. And I guess the main question is, does the Blair Witch Project hold up today? Now, I haven't seen it in over, well over a decade, if not more. <laughs> Judging by the stars that I saw given to it on Netflix streaming, no, it does not. But um, it has been a while since I watched it. I remember, for some reason, I remember a lot of the beginning part where they're kind of gearing up and meeting each other and first getting going. Uh, and they're doing some of that like backstory about... where the witch came from and some of the weird local stories that were going on in town and that uh, at different points, both with the uh, witch and then the serial killer guy who killed the kids up in the woods in the cabin or whatever it was. Yeah. The film resolves in house, I guess not cabin, but um, yeah, after, after we start wandering in the woods, it becomes pretty foggy for me until uh, Josh disappears and actually when you were talking about the budget and everything, I was like, boy, who did they have to pay to put together all those fake little wooden stick doll things? Oh, I'm sure it was just <laughs> like had. us when we were in film school, just sitting around taping that crap together. A bunch of people yeah. sitting in the, somebody's apartment. All right, we got to tie all these sticks together. We, we'll yeah. buy you pizza for the night. And, uh, yeah, I think there were, like, a couple of nights of Josh, like, you know, like, way off in the distance kind of thing, and I'm kind of freaking out about that. And when they run by and people are, like, tapping the, again, it's supposed to be the ghost kids, uh, tapping the outside of the tent, and they flee out there, and Heather does her big, oh, my God, what the fuck is that? Um, And they wander around a little bit more. They end up in the house. We have our sudden smash cut ending, and... That's really what I recall about the film. Well, and there isn't much more to it. I mean, you have, uh, you know, maybe that's the third thing that people take away is people have actually seen the Blair Witch Project. You can probably ask them, what do you remember? And outside of the shaky cam, they'll probably remember that final shot of Mike standing against the wall in the basement as... With Heather screaming her head off. <laughs> yeah. So, could the Blair Witch work today? And do, do we want to talk about the sequel at all before we get oh into God, that? No. I, <laughs> how many years? Okay, since Mister Internet, how, how many years uh, did they between that and when they attempted the sequel? Which, uh, you know, other than being the kind of blatant money grab uh, that so many franchises try to do, they also. And, again, you can double-check me on this because I believe you've seen it and I haven't. Uh, they also totally changed up the basic format of the storytelling. Wasn't it just like you're in a studio, they've got a regular cast of people. It's like kind of like watching a stage play. Yeah, it was Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2, and it came out right away. And they cap- they oh, tried okay. to capitalize. It was 2000 that it came out. Oh, okay. I thought they went longer than that. I was thinking it might come out in like 02 or 03. No, they were trying to capitalize right away on the popularity. And be like, oh, we, you know, we can make this cheap and let's get it out. And I barely, barely remember that movie. It was so awful. Uh, I mean, the, here's the IMDb summarize, summarizes. A group of tourists arrive in Burkittsville, Maryland, after seeing the Blair Witch Project to explore the mythology and phenomenon, only to come face-to-face with their own neuroses and possibly the witch herself. It, it was dumb. It was so bad. And well, what, what if, again, I have no context for this thing, and probably other people listening don't either. Do you remember anything about it that made it bad was it just i mean a lot of people say that the original one's pretty bad but like what does it have over the pale imitator that followed well i mean the original blair witch project is original so that's what it has going for it more than anything is that it was its timing as it was originality it was creative and original 
and mm-hmm. hit like nobody's business and it wouldn't work today in the found footage format but i think the the inspiration to use the mythology they created with the first movie and do an actual you know correctly shot version i yeah. think is a good impulse to to okay. do that i think you can explore a universe there since that's what everybody wants to do now is create a universe i think you can do something in the blair witch world pretending like the blair witch original found footage was accurate like actually accurate mm-hmm. like in like in that world that's real and create something off of that, but not as well. You had kind of the island of misfit toys in there for the cast for the second one, right? They weren't like more documentary film students or anything, or they weren't people who were like historians or they weren't like crime investigators or anything like that. It was just, Hey, let's throw these people into this situation. Well, no, there were people that, I mean, I'm looking at IMDb right now for book of shadows, Blair, Witch two, Oh. Of shadows. Oh. I am your narrator, Bane. <laughs> they are Blair Witchy, aren't they, Bruce? <laughs> no, I actually I recognize the actors. Like I'm not like digging on the actors. I just mean as far as like the premise for the characters all getting together for whatever transpired in the movie. Oh, I mean, dude, it's been 15 like years since I've seen it. Okay, I well, I, just, I didn't know, like, what the setup was. Like, that's why I was going through some of the possibilities that they could be... They were groupies, basically. They were... Oh, groupies, okay. They were kind of like, you know, there was a goth chick who's like, I want to meet the witch. She is I my queen. The witch, man. Yeah, and, you know, there was an invest paranormal investigator, and, the you know, it's just... And they all got together in a chat room and then met in a real room. It's like trying to remember a specific two-hour event from 15 years ago that made no impression on you and you never wanted to think of again. That's what I'm trying to do right now is oh, remember. It's like, it's like going to a piano recital. Yes, and I don't remember. <laughs> and I, But the only thing I do remember is I didn't watch the whole thing, so I'm not even that versed. But I think if our impetus here is to hey what do you do with this now i think you can do a modern actual telling or you can do what i remember them talking about doing around the time after part two which was well let's do a prequel back in the time of the original woman who becomes the blair witch uh yeah, I was just cu- kind of curious about the sequel, A, because it did just get so hated on, um, and also to see if there were any kind of lessons that we could draw from. And it sounds like, uh, from your perspective at least, some of the setup and everything like that wasn't necessarily a bad way to go with kind of getting moving away from the found footage look and that type of thing. So that gives us something to kind of work off of. Yeah, but they did a lot of things that like Halloween Resurrection brought in because Michael Mike, Michael Myers is a killer shock. <laughs> you know, the put the cameras on your head and shoot it all and record it all kind of thing. And then that's where you get some first-person shots. And you're just like, ah, no, you don't have to. Don't – my, my thought would be if we're going to do Blair Witch, don't – Stick on to the thing that we in the outside real world are aware of, which is the found footage portion. Live in the world that you're creating there in the Blair Witch world where they just saw the footage of what happened. And so they're not going to try and recreate holding a camera the whole time because that's what us in the movie world are are acknowledging not what them in the story would acknowledge they would acknowledge there's a witch and it's paranormal so yeah you can do a nod to it where you cut to you know some footage that they shot but no you don't do the found footage thing again because otherwise well what's the point Look, I found a camera. Stop wanking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't. There's no need to acknowledge what we know. Acknowledge what you in the movie universe know. And All right, well, I think one of the complaints 
that you get, I'm assuming with either movie, is the characters aren't terribly interesting or dynamic. Would that be fair? True. I think Do we need them to be particularly interesting or dynamic for a horror movie and kind of the setup that you had. I think a, a little bit more characterization because I mean, if you say Heather, Mike, and Josh right now, mm-hmm. you think of snotty up nose Heather <laughs> and not much else besides she's always behind the camera and that's not much of a character piece because that was demanded by how they were shooting so they had right. to fit that in. And Mike, you'd think, well, he's a jock. Well, but he really wasn't. You don't really know what the hell he was. And then Josh is, well, he's a stoner dude or something or another, but he gets pissy or something. Oh, they get pretty pissy. I think that's the other thing that kind of wears on people when they try to go back and rewatch the movie is there's an awful lot of people just yelling constantly. Yeah, which is, is natural and fine, but I think... Now, with hindsight, hey, credits. I think with hindsight, you can look back and say, well, okay, now with realizing that it can be something more than just this experimental film these guys went out to shoot and not thinking it was actually going to turn into this multi-million dollar thing that some fools would be talking about 16 years later, would you then be able to go in and create more character backgrounds, do character bios, work more on a screenplay, maybe structure it out a little bit more, be less experimental with, we're just going to throw these three people in the woods and then figure out what we're doing from here to here to here. Instead, actually plot it out like a screenplay. And yeah, I was going to say, dear God, I can't believe I'm even going to bring this up, but uh, as you're kind of going through and talking about some of that, I was like, boy, this totally sounds like the modern day setup for a reality television series, doesn't it? Kind of. Yeah. Shoot our movie. <laughs> and we're going to make... Is it real? You go out we in the hide, woods and we'll put, we pretend like we're witches. We people to go out into the woods and look for this Blair Witch that we made up. Let's <laughs> look in on how it goes. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's seriously what it like kind of sounds like now, doesn't it? Yeah. And then you just hear the bleeping out as he's like, Beep yeah. you! <laughs> All right, and we'll come back later to find. And Mario Lopez is hosting. I shoot movies, Heather. I could just see Mario Lopez hosting this thing. Oh God! With with John <laughs> yeah, Stamos. <laughs> yeah. Well, Heather, what did you think of your excursion out in the woods? Did you think there was a real Blair Witch? I don't know. I was really kind of getting along with Mike, and then Josh came in and kind of angered me. Well, that's not the question I asked you, but okay. <laughs> Tell us, uh, tell us about your impressions of the witch. What would you ask her if you came across her? <laughs> well, Twitter's lighted up with hashtags Blair Witch and hashtags <laughs> Heather and Josh. What do you say about that, Mike? Do you think Heather and Josh should get together? Huh? Yeah? Oh, yeah. Uh, let's pull the audience. Who would you like to see get together? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God they didn't do that. Uh, and it no, was an actual no, I mean, real any, event. Any complaint about the original and even the sequel, at least that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even just taking that joke out of it and just thinking back to what they could have done, thank uh-huh. God they didn't have any sort of like romantic tension between them. It was just played for natural and normal. Yes, yes. and... With the short amount of time and the pressure that they were under and everything like that, yeah, that that wouldn't have happened anyway. Exactly. So, kudos on them. Hey, some restraint that we appreciate. (laughs) (laughs) Big bucket of win there. So, (laughs) so they come to us now and they say, it's been 16 years. We want to bring the Blair Witch back into the consciousness of American audiences, and we want to create a movie universe. Could you put it in the same universe as Paranormal Activity or something else? Or could you just create an entire universe based on this Blair Witch universe? I personally, uh, especially if you're looking at, like, I don't know. If you're approaching it as a reboot or something like that, I don't think I would bother dragging any other existing worlds or franchises into the mix. I'd say, okay, let's see what we can do to get this thing to stand on its own feet before we worry about anything like that. So 
for me, uh, the answer would be no as far as pairing it up with an existing property like Paranormal Activity. Now, would you leave it as this mysterious supernatural thing or would you uh, let me here's three way three forks in the road on this question okay fork number one would you leave it as this supernatural mystery where who knows what the explanation is or fork number two do you leave it as an actual supernatural event that we're just seeing the outskirts of but we also see that there was a real witch in like the 1600s that's living in the woods. And then we see supernatural CGI or fork number three. Is it some other nefarious gang, you know, take the actual events of the first movie when they get into that house, is it maybe just some actual killers or something or something else or, you know, kidnappers or whatever else that, are there at the end of the movie and all of the things that happen can be explained away. Heather's actually part of the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre family and she lured Josh and Mike into the woods and this was her way to cover her crime. Oh yeah, she disappeared too. Wink. Well, Um, that's a twist. That's a twist. Uh, Going back to some of what you uh, were asking or some of the possibilities here, I think the original, at least for me, one of the strongest attributes about it was just that idea of the psychological terror, of the unknown, of you having to fill in um, some of the blanks on this. Now, I think it would be cool uh, if you could get a little bit more backstory about the witch or come across more, I don't know, Informations or some kind of like little glimpse of something out of the corner of the frame or something along those lines might be kind of fun as long as you didn't overplay your hand on that. Um, but I think you do need to keep some element of mystery. I think you're going to ruin too much of the basic premise if you come out and go, Mary Tyler was a fish wife in 1642 Burkittsville. Here's her story or something like that. But you'd want more backstory, though, correct? Yeah, I I definitely think it would be um, neat to get more backstory. And again, you can get that from other people who know a little bit of history of the town or, you know, you could discover something completely new off in the woods or wherever you find it. Um, I think that that's got a lot of strong possibilities. I'm just saying don't... uh, don't go metachlorians on it and try to explain every little thing about the witch and her powers and what she can do and da 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 Have Again, show some restraint. We we just said we appreciate some of the restraint of the original. I think that you would want to do some of that, save some of the mystery uh, for continuing on the story. So, But in this I'm modern sure. age, would yeah. we not want to know everything? Now, again, we're not getting into the midichlorians and the force. We don't have to know every little detail, but kind of like explaining the force, you could do some sort of backstory on here's the witch from 1642 Burkittsville. I almost think it would be even more cool if you had kind of, um, I don't want to say competing necessarily, but it's like, it's kind of like, you want to know how I got these scars? Uh, like you come across information, you think you've got it like totally settled out and okay, we've, we've got this figured out. And then it turns out that, oh wait, but there's this other like competing story, even like a third competing story. And it's like, well, could it all be the same person? And, or that's like part of the kind of on, you, you know, you just expand some of it too. It's like, they're different possibilities for what the true answer could be. And you kind of get to pick on your own, in your own mind. The movie doesn't come out and say, it's this one. Yeah, that would hold some of the charm. And I just wonder if you'd be finding yourself doing a whole lot of repeating yourself without getting anywhere. Because... That's about the amount of information it was given out in the first one. 
Right. Well, it it would depend. Well, there wasn't really any competing information. They had the one story about, hey, these witches are supposedly haunted, and it's from this lady who lived in Burkittsville, and there were the mysterious deaths back then and whatever. And then the other competing, or not even, again, competing story, complementary story was the crazy dude who lived in the house who murdered a bunch of kids from the town. Um, And them speculating whether or not she had had some kind of influence on him to drive him to do something like that. All right, well, then, well that was so surface. That was, um, I don't know if anybody really ever came out directly and said, oh, yeah, it could have been that crazy old woman who's haunting the woods up there who forced him to do it. I don't know if anybody ever came out and said that in the movie. I think it was just kind of implied that, well... Well, that's what I was going to ask. Is all right. Say, we're in our story meeting now. We got to come up with this. Mm-hmm. So let's let's create the world that our Blair Witch Project is in. Not necessarily what's going to be seen on screen, but just so we know the universe. Okay. What in your mind? If, if we had a complete, if we had a a, a drone. And GoPros in every angle of the woods surrounding Mike and Heather at the end of the Blair Witch Project to see every angle. Uh-huh. What actually was going on? Personally, I like the, okay, this isn't going to totally address I mean, is there like question. a white ghostly image witch floating around that is in the basement and yells to Mike, you go to the corner now, and then smacks Heather in the face with a wood plank? Or, <laughs> what, what, that's what I want to know. You know. Just for our knowledge, <laughs> just for our knowledge, what, what would we see if we were standing there watching indifferently? Okay. Um, I guess... My mind's kind of going in a couple of directions on that one. I guess in my mind, I always thought it would be kind of cool if the witch was something that had, uh, in a sense, kind of always existed in that place. It was just kind of a spirit of, uh, you know, the earth or whatever you want to call it, um, and just this kind of malevolent presence and kind of like eh, not necessarily possession or something like that, but it would influence different people in different ways and you kind of have this evil uh spirit kind of housed not you know all like exodus style or exorcist style but um kind of housed in different people over the periods of time and it's almost like you know the bodies are kind of falling apart after a time and um that's why she claims people in the woods or something like that um or draws strength off of doing evil deeds or something along those lines and i guess for my own sake i would see the witch as a presence that's kind of Looming and menacing, um, I don't know if you would ever get a whole lot of detail off of her. Um, she could be at points kind of misty, at other points she could seem kind of more corporeal. And um, I think the scariness would come from her not really saying a whole lot, but rather you see her what her presence kind of influences people to do. So what you're saying is that you actually would want to see a physical manifestation of a classic-looking woman ghostly witch so that the name Blair Witch is actually, like, accurate and appropriate in our common knowledge of what a witch is. Yeah, and it can even just be like a... It can be the you want a closing shot for a movie. That could be it. Just a quick flash of like boom, like a jump scare kind of thing. That really could have worked too, and they could have done that. I mean, you talk about hindsight. They really could have done that in the first movie, and it would not have cost them a lot of money. It just would have been a lighting trick. To the when when Heather's camera falls into the ground, they could have they should have done something else there. So, you know, the ambiguous ending is fine, but as soon as you see Mike up against the wall, then she gets hit and the camera falls to the, to its side on the on the ground. It just stays there shooting nothing. But mm-hmm. it actually would have worked a little bit better had you just seen like 
uh, <laughs> a little kid's shoe coming. Yeah, oh, anything like shot. that. Creepy as fuck. You see that, some little. That would have been creepy after seeing those handprints on the walls of that house and after them like giggling, hitting the outside of the tent like the night before, whenever that was. Yeah, that would have freaked me out, man. You get a little Chucky shoe in there. <laughs> Chucky shoes. Oh, that's there you go. Uh, or just, I mean, I think of it like back in that that day. You know, when we were in college and I was trying to shoot that stuff all by myself, I I would look at that and say, these guys were about the equivalent of what I did, except they had sixty thousand dollars. I didn't, but I would have been in that basement, and the second that camera landed on its side, I would have had one of my friends there holding a white sheet. And with a flashlight or a really high-powered flashlight shining from behind the camera and just drop, like, this white sheet in front of the lens and then pull it up real quick so that the last thing you see is just, like, this ghostly white sheet go in front of the lens. So instead of nothing, which is good in and of itself because it's truly leaving in your mind what's happening or what happened, but... Just some little image would have been so effective right there. And I'd have to go back and look, but I'm almost 99% sure that there's nothing but just the flickering film that yeah, gets scratched. It flickers and then it turns off and then you go right to the credits. I think that's how it ends. Yeah. I mean, that's one way to do it. But as you were talking about the ghostly image, I thought, well, that, is that too simple? Is that a simplistic look at it. And I was thinking, well, what if it's more of a possession thing? What if it's, oh, that's, kind of, that's kind of what I was saying too. But I mean, what if it's more of a possession thing where there's actual, like a person or groups of people out there that are perpetrating this stuff. And so maybe instead of the white sheet in front of the camera at the end of the first movie, you see like a, uh, a like a boot walk across or something. Um, or, you know, just like a machete drops down in front of it or, or some old rusty thing. I, I don't know. But there's so many different angles that you could go with it. And that's why I think how that's probably why we're recording this, not to mention it's it's <laughs> fall outside. It's raining. It's, it and it's is chilly. fall outside. We're almost to October. So, I, you know, it, it it's ripe for being a universe based on the mythology that they set up that has not been explored. Yeah, I think I think honestly that's one of the big strengths of the movie brief as it is in the original is just setting up that very basic kind of um local tale, local ghost story so to speak with the witch. Well, then I think you could redo it now with a little bit more explanation or backstory and I mean the the problem that you're doing it now, and that was why it was such a, a, a choice time, because it was 1999. I think they shot it in, like, 97. So the technology from 94, when it was supposed to take place, to 97 mm-hmm. was not that different. And, again, being in college right at that time, I know what was available. So they had the 8mm, they had the 16mm film camera that Heather was always shooting with. And then they had the, I don't think it was mini-DV. I think it was just VHS or whatever it was. We stored it all on jazz drives. Exactly. (laughs) But I think it was just like a VHS camera was the other one or something like that. So that's why the quality was so bad, which kind of helped them because it wasn't crystal clear and they could get away with some stuff. But now... I think that's, again, another thing that I would still praise the movie for is some of that grainy, raw look that you get with that. I think visually, with the subject matter and the story they were trying to tell, that that was effective. And it worked because of the technology they had. Mm -hmm. I'm sure if they could have shot a a better movie... See, that's what I'm getting at, is that you do that now. There's no way to avoid the technology available now. I mean, I'm standing here right now in my little makeshift studio, and I have two high-definition cameras. No, I'm sorry, three high-definition cameras that I could shoot and record things right now immediately, share it with a million people without doing lifting a, barely a finger, and 
it, in, it, and it's in a computer and two cameras and a phone. So how do you get around that for the modern day? So what you're saying is we need to go dumpster diving and find as much old recording equipment as we possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think that I don't. You there's couldn't probably going to be if there isn't already. There's probably going to be a cottage industry for that type of thing. Yeah, you just you couldn't do a found footage. I don't think because it's so um, prevalent. And found footage is so prevalent now. I think the whole point of Blair it Witch be, it would be messy. I, I think you have to use the guidelines that they thought of for part two, but actually okay. do it better and do an actual movie based in that world and more explanation of the Blair so Witch. So they just sit around somewhere and watch the footage from the original movie and go, that's messed up, and then like got bumped off one by one in the second one? God, I don't remember. It was... <laughs> I'm trying to remember, I think, and somebody better correct me, I believe that the actors, or the characters in the Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2, were aware of the Blair Witch Project as a movie. Like, they were supposed to be in our world. It was meta on top of meta. Gotcha. So that they weren't looking for... Heather, Josh, and Mike, these kids who were lost in the woods, they were going uh-huh. to Burkittsville because the movie became so popular that they thought, well, then maybe there's something really there for real, even though it was just a movie. Gotcha. Okay, that was the piece of the puzzle I was missing. So, I mean, I think you go the other way. I think you just fully immerse yourself in that world and say, no, 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 Josh, Heather, and Mike were kids in 1994 who got lost in the woods and authorities found their footage and it found its way onto the internet. And we saw, we saw it just like everybody else in the world. It became this legendary lore of this found footage that they saw. And so, you know, we were, you know, it would be creepy as shit. We were talking about the Chucky shoe. <laughs> Coming into frame or something like that. Blair Witch Three, Chucky well, Shoe. What if, what if you what if you had a shot? I mean, you like got Josh or somebody like back, and even at like a distance, you like kind of see them like filter through a frame in the dark or something like that, and you can just tell they're like seriously messed up or something. That would that would that would be freaky. Yeah, bring them back. Why the hell not? What the hell are they doing now? That would be kind of cool. Is you yeah you just incorporate them and go off of that possession theory and now those three are the possessed ones doing the dastardly deeds in the woods around Burkittsville Maryland yeah and so that's how you bring it back is one or all of them are are now perpetrating the legend of the Blair Witch possessed by the witch spirits and. Continue yeah, to and stack I mean, that, rocks. That would almost be like I, you want to talk about genre bending or something like that. That'd almost be more freaky because it's like, well, instead of like just a single entity, where you're like, oh my god, what's that kind of thing, which could still be in there. I mean, if she's been like we've been speculating and kind of talking about, if she's influencing or possessing or using um, people who she's kind of ensnared there in those woods, like those kids who got killed and the dude who went crazy and killed them. And now the film crew here with Heather, Josh and Mike, um, that makes the place even more dangerous. It's almost like you're ditching zombies or something. Well, that's, and I think that here's a line from our movie. Now you got to stop referring to it as a she man. It's an it. Blair Witch is just the name. I I think your idea of it just being some sort of corporeal, spiritual entity that exists in that space that possesses and causes them to go whatever. And the name Blair Witch can stem from the first, like, recorded version of that possession, and that was... Some and woman named Blair or whatever. For, yeah, for being the Blair Witch, but it's like, oh, no, it's worse than that. <laughs> yeah, it's been possessed since the beginning of time, possessed mm-hmm. to kill or whatever. And so, yeah, you can see 
And that would be like, there's your steamroll towards an ending, is that you see Josh or Heather or Mike or all three off in the distance, and they're just kind of standing there, not doing anything. That would be the creepiest thing. Yep. They're not walking towards you. They're not doing... They're just standing there, but they are looking like their skin's melting off or something. And then you see those three... And then as an audience, you're thinking in the back of your head, all right, there's those three. And then all of a sudden, you just start seeing more and more and more and more. And the, yeah, you know, centuries of possessed people are just existing in those woods, basically, doing it all. It's like you walk out of time and space when you're in there, hence why they got so lost when it wasn't that big of a patch of woods, Carloni. Uh Uh, Um, but yeah, you, you kind of take the regular, how we understand time and space out of it. And yeah, you could, you have a lot of crazy shit in that woods. (laughs) And then suddenly Walt and Michael show up and Michael just starts screaming, Walt! and then they realize that, oh my God, they're on the lost island that's another spot of space and time. It's all tied together. The Lost Island and the Blair Witch are all tied together. And then we have one big mashup of pop culture references. We have to go back. We have to go back for the Blair Witch, Kate. <laughs> Jack ultimately wanted to get back to find the Blair Witch. The Blair Witch. Well, Kate there we- is the Blair Witch. That's it. <laughs> We've solved it. She's like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and, you get to the end of the mystery. It's just her. Hey, what's up? It's just Evangeline Lily shows up. Yep, it was me. <laughs> yep, it was me the whole time. Uh, <laughs> well, on that note, I think the Blair Witch is covered, and I think based on my reference, I think the next episode we have to do is Lost. <laughs> uh, so... I, I thought we were sticking with some kind of a Halloween theme this month. Yes, we will stick with a Halloween theme. We'll get to Lost. Yeah, eventually. But uh, right now, I think uh, the footage is over. Mike's standing in the corner peeing against the wall. (laughs) (laughs) and uh, Picturing the Calvin and Hobbes uh, uh, dust cover, wheel covers or something now with him peeing on different things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's just peeing on the wall. And then when the camera shuts off, we go and find out what actually happened as Heather tripped down the stairs and dropped the camera and Mike turns around and he zips up. He's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I destroyed all the audio on this. Damn it. (laughs) Oh my. All right. Let's just chuck this crap into the river. (laughs) What? What kind of stuff? Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Episodes can be downloaded on iTunes or at EnceladusLiterary.com. No way. Opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect those of Enceladus Literary. Yeah, please. Okay, I've got everything on video, man. Oh, Jesus Christ, I didn't even fucking see these, man. That's it, Heather. Okay, 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 we're leaving right now. Okay, okay, we're out of here. We're out of here, I'm leaving. Come on, turn it off! I want you to get in the creek either. Help! Please help us! Help us! This is not the way to get out of here. Fuck! Fuck! Okay, but... Ah!